Hello and welcome to the Mixed Era Rap Podcast. I'm your host, DJ B. Wise. This is a podcast where we talk about hip hop from boom bap to trap. We are a group of hip hop enthusiasts from multiple eras trying to bridge the gap in hip hop. My co-hosts are Kev, and we were able to bring back our guest from last week, the most powerful and knowledgeable DJ Reaper. So for tonight's podcast, we're going to jump into the album review of AZ's project, Do or Die 2. We're going to talk hip hop, Fat Joe and Ja Rule versus, and we're going to talk about our all double albums from rap trash. So you can follow us on social media at Instagram, which would be Mix Era Rap Pod. That's Mix Era Rap P-O-D Pod on Instagram. And then you can also follow us on Twitter at Mix Era Rap. Again, that's Mix Era Rap on Instagram. All right. So let's uh, jump into the Do or Die 2 at AZ's new project with the song that we thought was a standout. And that is Keep It Real. Those that got their paper up and pedal past the oppression for being trapped in them poverty stricken, urban, overpopulated projects. Well, so you don't make a real nigga. Dignity is for the dollars. It's a real nigga. Sandy real over sucker shit. Feels, nigga. Salute to the real ones. Real with so tune, I'm solid, my word born. The wise acknowledge, I'm polished, my worth long. I get it on, put that on my first born, I'm about it. Stand strong, been quenched the dirt's gone, I do this. Stay feast away from the doulas, never fold, was told on fraternized with the foolish is cold. Alright, and that was Keep It Real from AZ's Do or Die 2 project. So let's jump into it. I'm, I really want to really dive deep into this uh, project. So, you know, the first song on the album was a uh, intro that had Idris Elba and it was very powerful to me. So I want to see where the fellas are with this. So uh, fellas, where you where were you on the intro for Do or Die 2? It was, it was good. You know, with Idris being a huge hip hop fan and for uh for az to even have that connection to get him on i think that says a lot about the uh who az is behind the scenes you know if if you if you're not familiar with some of az's earlier work then you know you might not even understand how he was able to get this huge movie star to even do this small part on the intro of his album so whatever connections he got and i was i was shocked you know, it just does a lot of he does a lot in hip hop outside of just his uh, his DJing gigs. So just to hear that was a, was a surprise to me and, and kind of it was like, wow, AZ has this connection. So I was it was it was a shock. But I can understand, you know, how a you know, AZ just he's just a smooth guy. So it's it's nothing for Idris to do this for him. Yeah, I feel you on that, Kev. What are your thoughts, uh, Reaper? I'm telling you, man, I, I just thought it was the realness. I, I really uh, thought it was very powerful. You know what? I like Idris Elba as much as the next person, or should I say black or brown person, because people seem to love him blindly, but that's another story. And I like the message. I like the words that he was saying, but the R&B singer in the background really was out of place to me. I didn't really like that at all. So... Honestly, I would have rather had him come in cold, like no music, just acapella, just 
You know, we started off as kings and queens, 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 and all of that stuff in between is just part of the process, 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 fade, go to the next song. Like all of that other stuff was unnecessary, if you ask me. Yeah, that's probably a little bit of the producer trying to, you know, throw a little pizzazz into it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, those, you know, that that's that's where we are. Anybody, uh, any songs outside of Keep It Real uh, stood out to anybody? You know, for me, I was really, uh, let's, let's jump into features. This was not a, after us having to deal with these two feature heavy albums from Drake and Kanye, I thought it was very refreshing to not to have to deal with all these features. So uh, AZ did have a few features. Did any features stand out to anybody? I I didn't mind a little Wayne feature. I think in I think that his his skill set has declining over the years, but you know, shocking that he paired him with Conway. But I think it kind of all tied in together. The uh, the Rick Rawls feature was enjoyable because it was just a it was just a beat that just fits Rick's Rawls style. I really did like the Dave East one. That uh, that was that was one of my favorites. And uh, the Jaheen, yeah, definitely stood out on so, that uh, joint. Dave East definitely stood out. Yeah, yeah. Dave East is like in another, he's in another zone right now. So whatever he was doing before uh, 2021, I don't know, but he fixed those issues. I mean, you know, we we talked about his album earlier this year. So, and the Jaheen lead single wasn't that bad, you know? No, no doubt. Good looking for Jaheen. A good look for Jaheen. I really appreciated that. You know, he's been uh, through some, uh, some troubles these days, but yeah. definitely that was a good look. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, even that, I mean that Jaheem single was like a surprise for it to be the, you know, it's the lead single and you got Lil Wayne and Rick Ross on your album and but you give Jaheem your lead single. So it, you know, but it was a good song though. You know what I mean? It was it was a good song. It's it's a nice radio song. It's something smooth as, you know, it, it I think it kind of I think it's enjoyable to a lot of people in my opinion, but you know, I I don't know where a lot of hip hop fans are at today, so yeah, I feel you on that. Uh, Reaper, you think that one is a uh, club banger or no? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know this, man. I just let y'all have the floor on that. Uh, y'all praising the, the features and everything. I'm going to go the opposite way, man. The features and some other stuff we'll talk about later, but the features for me is what's holding this album back from being great. I, outside of the Rosé, uh, Rick Ross uh, feature, I'll pass on every feature on the record, every single one. Davies, take, take, take. Even Davies? Nope, Davies, take them off. Wheezy, take them off. And look, again, because for the <laughs> listeners that don't know, I work in audio and video production as like my day job. Okay. The, the Little Wayne verse was not recorded in the same room as AZ. And the, the decibel level is it's maybe about two notches below AZ's. And you can hear it. And I, I don't know if everybody can. I can hear it. It's it needs to be mixed again. It's not the same level. Yeah. I mean, yes, the sound was different anyway. Um, and uh, the the I went on a, a five or six minute rant yesterday about Jaheem on the. OK, so, you know, research or whatever will tell you the last AZ record that came out was, you know, a decade ago plus. So perhaps. He recorded this record with Jaheem a long time ago, and it just never came out. But why in the world in 2021 would you put Jaheem on a record? Now, somebody told me 
Jaheem's had some troubles and, you know, maybe he's on drugs or whatever, whatever. But I'm not here for all of that. Even in Jaheem's heyday in 0203, just in case Jaheem, right? Was he featured on rappers' songs like that? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think so. I th- no, wasn't. I think that song is being held back by Jaheem. You could have put a new up and coming R&B singer on there. You could have put, you know, I'm trying to. I was trying to think if he was trying to recreate the door die vibe that mid '90s, you know, mafioso sort of boom bap New York rap. Maybe you could bring john b or casey and jojo or you know what i mean but 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 uh <laughs> casey and jojo's worse than jaheem but that's what i'm saying yeah he's just trying to throw in a bone he's trying to throw a bone. but that's what i'm saying maybe he's trying to throw him a bone but i i don't know like just get that man some some money like if he hard on his luck get that man some money to get his life right or get him into rehab or don't put him on the record, man. That Jaheem song is a pass, a super pass for me. And all of the features on the record. I mean, the Lil Wayne verse was cool. Like some of the stuff, the wordplay and stuff, but even his delivery, like he didn't, he sort of sounded like he was phoning in. Like he didn't really sound like he was interested in the beat. You know what I mean? Definitely. That was my thoughts as well, Reaper. I'm telling you, I was not feeling it. I thought he was on some other shit. I, I just, it didn't. Right. Again, I'm a huge fan of Conway the Machine. So I thought he I thought he came on the track strong. Jay-Z, I'm sorry, AZ was beating down. He was bullying the beat. He was riding it hard. And then you get this lower un un you know yeah, man. <laughs> like there was just nothing in it. It was like and and I was like, nah, I'm not feeling this. Ah man. I, I everyone's entitled to their opinion. It you know I um I don't know Little Wayne is I'm not the biggest Little Wayne fan recently but I didn't think this was I think this has been one of his best verses that he produced I mean put out in a few years um but I really like the Dave Eastwood I could give I could give you Little Wayne I could give you Jaheen but I don't know about the Dave Eastwood man I I really really like that one. But you know what it is, man? I'm not saying Davies is weak or he can't rap or that the verse is bad. I would just pass on the whole song for real. Like I don't think Davies, first of all, I'm not a fan of, of the topic and the presentation of the song overall, but I think the song could be slightly stronger if Davies wasn't on it. I don't think he matches the song is what I'm saying. Okay. Okay, I give you that. Because even, even not, not to go... I, I, I disagree on that one. I thought that AZ picked this beat for him so that he could do his slow uh, uh, grind, whatever rap that he does, because the rest of the album had a higher tempo and that this particular track, he did choose a much slower tempo for that one. Yeah, well, eventually we're going to talk about production and I'm going to go on another rant. So uh <laughs> <laughs> Actually, let's. You mind if we just do that right now since we're on it? Get into it. Production. All right, man. Yeah, man. Dude, go ahead. Do the intro, man. <laughs> don't, don't even need an intro. Just jump in. That's how we segue into things. Let's talk about it. Well, look, man. I promise you. I promise you on everything. I listened to the album straight through twice before looking at the features, before looking at the production, because I just, I just want to have the album on and then. You know, Wheezy come on. It's like, oh, is that Wheezy? Okay. Oh, is that Davies? Okay. Or if I hear a voice, it's like, man, who is that? Then I look. It's like, oh, okay. He got 
Raekwon on the track. Okay, I wasn't expecting that. You know, whoever. Raekwon's not on the album, by the way. But I listened to the album twice through, all the way through. And the the production is lacking, man. It's lacking. Like, it's just, I don't know if it's his beat selection, AZ's beat selection. Because if you listen to the first Do or Die, are the beats banging? Are they slamming? You know what I mean? Whatever the, the terminology was in 95. Not really. And if you look at, like, even reviews from the 90s, people would say that's what's keeping Do or Die from being Illmatic. Because the raps were tight, but the production is kind of whatever on some of the songs. Okay, so maybe AZ's just not good at picking beats. Okay, I'm fine with that. But I remember thinking, listening to the album twice through, why didn't he go back? If he's trying to recapture that 95, maybe even early 2000 sound, why doesn't he get DJ Premier? Hello, where's DJ Premier? There's no DJ Premier. I remember thinking, why doesn't he get the Heatmakers or Bink or Neo The Matrix or Pete Rock or any of those dudes, Q-Tip from, from that time? And lo and behold, I looked at the production notes. Bink is on the album. Alchemist is on the album. He could have got Just Blaze. There's no Just Blaze. There's no Primo. I believe Pete Rock is on one of the songs, and it's just kind of like, but he picked that song from Alchemist? Alchemist has been given Action Bronson and whoever else you want to name some heat on the underground circuit for years, and he picked that? And Bink gave him that? And it's just like, nah, man, this is weak. It's weak. Well, I'll say this. Right right before the album came out, Knife Wonder put out a tweet, and he said that, Yo, Knife Wonder, yeah. I've been trying for the past, I think it was like six, seven years to work with AZ, and I could never make it happen, you know? And that tweet kind of bothered me because I think that Knife, if if this was a Knife Wonder and AZ produced album, it might have been a classic. I, I agree with you, man. I mean, because even, uh, and again, I'm not a, a complete fan of all of the stuff that uh, Hit Boy's been doing with Nas, but Hit Boy's doing a good job updating Nas's sound so it doesn't sound like something from 1995, you know what I mean? But again, in this case, AZ was going for that, you know? And again, I'll save that for later, but I'm not a big fan of, like, Do or Die, you know, from 95, a lot of people's, you know, especially heads are like, yo, this is a classic. It's, you know, Illmatic 1.5 for all of, you know, intents and purposes. But all of these years... Who says that? A lot of people say that, man. A lot of people say that. Who said that? A lot of people say that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying Do or Die 1 wasn't good, but I'm just... I, but it's not Illmatic level, though. Do or Die was the jam. No, but no, no, no. I'm not saying Illmatic level, but like, it's like a companion piece. You know what I mean? No, it's not. No. It's not a. F- I think. I think. No, it's not. Oh yes, it is. No, they are two different albums, man. Yes, if you. No. Yes, if you're a Nas fan, you accompany. So say you're doing, uh, you cleaning up on a Saturday and you want to hear some Nas. No. You throw A Z in there. You throw that firm biz in there. No, 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 no. I'm gonna tell you if 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 you know what you play. Okay, so you know what Do or Die would follow Reasonable Doubt. Yeah, maybe. I will play Reasonable Doubt, and then I'll play AZ right behind that. Hmm. Do, it, AZ is not coming behind Illmatic. Doyle Die is not coming behind Illmatic. It'll come behind Reasonable Doubt. Yeah, but what are you going to do? You're going to do Illmatic, Stillmatic, and then another Nas album? You want to mix it up a little bit. You don't want to hear throughout the whole... No, 
I would do I would do Illmatic and uh um uh 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 Cuban Links. But that's the thing though, like Do or Die came out right at around the same time as Cuban Links, and it came out before Reasonable Doubt, and you could throw even it was written in there that whole mafioso style. So yeah, it it belongs in that circle of records. You know what I mean? They're different though. They're different. I would go Illmatic, Do or Die, Cuban Links. I wouldn't put Cuban Links ahead of Do or Die. Yeah, I'd probably do the same. Yeah, probably. Honestly, if I was listening to Illmatic, though, I'd probably just stop listening to records after that, though, because that's just... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy, yeah. Um, I I can... (sighs) Absolute masterpiece, definitely. Um, The production wasn't the greatest, and I think that's the only negative thing I can really say. But it wasn't like, I don't think... That was a fighting word. Now you're talking about my man. No, 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 no. Arch Professor put his foot in Illmatic. What? Yeah, man. It's a... I'm talking about do, do or Die. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't... I'm talking about Do or Die. I, I, do or Die too. Not the first one, the second one. Illmatic, no, Illmatic is... Illmatic is, is, is just the... Uh... I don't know. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's one of those classics that you you can't put in the realm of other classic albums. Yeah, it's like greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Like it, it's a, it's a classic that stands alone. Like it, you can't compare you can't compare Illmatic, The Reasonable Doubt, or Life After Death, or Cuban Links, or even um shoot, even the th- in, uh the first Wu Tang album. Like Illmatic is just in another class by itself. It's just something totally it's out of this world. But this AZ album, I, I I will give you that the production wasn't the greatest, but I don't think it was bad. I don't think it was bad. Maybe I'm just a big AZ fan. Uh overall, I think it was I think it was eh, maybe a B minus, C plus maybe. But it fit the project as a whole? No, his production. The production. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, and let me jump in on the production, guys, because I know y'all beating them up on this production. Don't forget, this is we've had this conversation too, Kev. The older artists have are, are getting beat up uh, in the pocket on these uh, on these beats nowadays. So it's hard to afford uh, one of Alchemist's babies. You know, everybody can't afford one of his baby beats. But Knife Wonder, but Knife Wonder got a beat tape for him. And I'm with the best like one day. I understand that. Right. We don't know what his management is wanting him to do. We don't know what the label wanted him to do. So you can't just say, I want Knife Wonder. If you're trying to get a project put out, you got to do what you got to do to get the project put out. If the, but I don't think he'd have hit him over his head, though. I understand. But if the record company is saying, yeah, we not we can't afford Knife Wonder. So you, you, this is what you got to work with. You get a budget for your project, and that's what you have to work off of. Now, if Knife Wonder was willing to take what the money was from the uh, project, then great. Yes, do that. But obviously, it wasn't. It wasn't the money that Knife Wonder wanted, so he was not a part of the project. Or you could just not call it Door Die 2. Just call it something else. <laughs> that's true. So, yeah. Now, that is very true, Reaper. Yeah. It's- Name that something else, definitely. Yeah, I'm gonna stick that in there right now, cause, uh, cause, yeah, like I said, I'm not a fan of, uh, especially like, like if Nas came out with Illmatic two, I promise you, I would not listen to it. I promise you, I would not listen to it, because, uh, <laughs> you know, sequels after a long time, you know. So I will throw in Cuban Links. He did do Cuban Links Part Two, but if you listen to some of the other Raekwon records, it doesn't really sound like Cuban Links, you know. And 
he had the whole mafioso and like the movie presentation, blah, blah, blah. So him doing Cuban Links 2 was like a return to that, a sequel, like how they did Godfather 3 years and years later. So I guess, but like Blueprint 2 doesn't sound like Blueprint. Blueprint 3 doesn't sound like Blueprint 2. You know what I mean? Like what's the point of sequelizing a classic or potential classic record all these years later? I don't know. Just call it. <laughs> The return of AZ or <laughs> Mr. Asiatic or something. Or Sequelize is one of those albums that people don't care about, like Nine Lives or like Asiatic, you know? Yeah. Oh, no doubt. I just think that it was a gimmick that his A&R said, hey, let's name it uh, Do or Die. And maybe people will think you're at that level, you know? And again, let me not say, because again, we're, 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 we're going into the weeds on the production and the features, but overall, his rap was on point. Every song was strong. Now, if I can't get in agreements with that, we can start fighting right now. But I'm telling you, every song I listen to, his flow on, his 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 um, double entendres, his wordplay was strong on every song. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, but that, but Az Az has never really yeah been a bad rapper to me, right? So I can give you that, but I, I never really heard him say a. A uh, bad verse. So that's what I'm saying. At least give him. We at least got to give him credit for that. It, again, he's not. He didn't push himself to to match today's standards as far as what other uh, older rappers are putting out. So we definitely, you know, can knock him on that. But in general, if you're an old head like myself and you want to hear something from the golden era in a new platform, he gave you that. He gave you. Here's some new style music, and here's an, uh, a reminiscent rapper from the golden age who's going to make you feel like you're at home again. So when you listen to that little baby, you can take a break. When you listen to Dub Baby, you can take a break and listen to me. <laughs> so I'm going to give him all the kudos for that. That's what I'm giving him kudos for and say that, hey, I'll stream this all day behind you know some of these knuckleheads that I listen to on a regular basis. I'll throw this on every time. No, nah, man, I'm a, uh, I mean, we haven't got to the verdict yet, but you know, spoiler alert, I'm a pass. I'm a pass on it, man. Because, uh, <laughs> the, the thing about re recreate, I mean, it works sometimes like the second Cuban links record is tight, but recreating something from a previous era, be it, you know, boom bap or, or something in music or like a period piece in a, in a movie, you got to get all the details right. Or it's not gonna work. And to me, the production and the features to an extent holds it back from being great. Like whether it's Knife Wonder, even, you know, since we've gotten away from Boom Bap, you know, because in, in 1995, 1996, that was just hip hop production. It wasn't New York style production or or boom bap. That wasn't really a a, a thing. I mean, it was a thing because KRS one had returned to the boom bap in ninety-three, but and G Funk was out and stuff. Yeah, I get it, blah, blah, blah. But what I'm saying is now boom bap is a subgenre of its own. There's plenty of YouTube producers, SoundCloud producers, whatever you want to call them, that produce boom bap stuff reminiscent of 1995, 1994, whatever. You could have found some indie kid that listens to AZ and stuff from that era that probably would have made you a banger of a record that sounded like 1995 for $1,000 because he is in college or something like that. You know what I mean? Like a backpack kid. So I don't really want to hear that about Knife Wonder and the, and the 
You know what I mean? Like, but how many people are actually? How many people are actually looking at those guys though? But but what I'm saying is, if you are AZ, and and again, if like like Josh said, if uh, if the 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 A and R or the executive producer or whatever is trying to gimmick. And he named it Door Die 2 to get record sales or to get people to even give AZ a look. Because maybe if he called it 10 Lives, nobody would care. Or Return of, right. maybe nobody would care. So maybe it is a gimmick. But if he's actually trying to recreate the sounds of 95 with Door Die, you got to A&R. You got to go out and find the people that's going to give you that sound. Not just look for famous people, famous producers. You got to find that sound. And And again, that's how you put people on. You know, like this 21 year old kid that only listens to rap between 1993 and 1997 could have gave you a completely different record than that foolishness. Yeah. That foolishness. I said it that AZ put on that record. No doubt. Y'all got the, y'all got the floor. Yeah, no doubt. No, I'm, I'm totally with you on that Reaper. Uh, for me, man, again, it's, it's, it's about, it, it was a reasonable effort at presenting something for people who would appreciate it in this era because reasonable, reasonable. Come on, man. But reasonable. It was a reasonable effort at what, what think about it. If you got to listen to Cardi, uh, uh, playboy Cardi, if you got to listen to, uh, um, um, NBA young boy every day, if you got to listen to a lot of this stuff that's out there and you're over 40, you need a break. And all I'm saying is they gave you a break. <laughs> He gave us a break. He's like, hey, you remember me? I'm from the 90s. Let me, let me crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get it, man. You, I think you cutting him a little bit too much slack. I think you cutting him a little bit too much slack, man, because my... But you, but you know what, though? I, and, and I think he hit the nail on the head. This is not... Uh, uh, this is not... A, I don't think this album is for someone under the age of 35. Yeah, but I, again, man, I... Y'all cutting them slack, man. Like, look, my this is my my uh my my stance on it. And you can agree or disagree. If you as Nas made Illmatic in 1994, and this was your debut record, you didn't make one or two or three sleepers and then built up to Illmatic like some other artists do. You came out the gate, 17, 18 years old, and made Illmatic top five records, hip hop records ever made. There's no reason for you to make anything else that's not that. You need to come with it every single time. As AZ, you had a feature on there. You come out in 95 with Do or Die, your best record by far. There's no reason for you to come less hard than that ever. If it's not as hard or harder, don't put it out. I feel you on that, Reaper, but let me say this. As far as we know Nas, and Nas had a bunch of sleepers after Illmatic, until Stillmatic, eh. It was nothing in between that was, you know, maybe one or two little things here and there. The best thing that ever happened to him was the beef with Jay-Z. And then since then, until King's Disease, it was a bunch of stuff that people wasn't feeling, you know? Come on, man. Oh, come on. (laughs) No, no, no. Come on. I can't. Oh, no. No, no, They were critical. No, man. No. Project saying that, but were they were they were they award winning projects? And they weren't. That's why King's Disease is what it is because that. Come on, man! It was written. Yeah, it was written for sure. 
Yeah, it was written as tight. Yeah, Godson is tight too. And name a project that before name a project between Stillmatic and King's Disease that was award winning. Godson. Nah. Uh, it was written. Nah, none of Street Disciples. Y'all sleeping on it. Nah. Yes, it was a double album. You sleeping on Street Disciples? I'm telling you. Nah, you can have Street Disciples. <laughs> Listen to Street Disciples. I'm telling you, if you you could pick and choose, I'm telling you, have that album, have that album, Street Disciples. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, there's a lot of skippable songs on those projects you named. I did not skip one song on King's Disease. I did not skip one song on Stillmatic. We all know there is no you don't skip anything on Illmatic. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying that I give I'm giving him this sleeper because of the times and and Kevin and I for the time we've been doing this show have been begging for music to have this type of diversity let the old heads in here and get their thing on like back black thoughts album was it the end all to be all no but it was a refresher it was something worth listening to but it wasn't something you were going like I got to go to that every day I got it that's going to be an award winner there baby it wasn't but it it was okay it was a relatable album yes it was a relatable this 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 new az album was very relatable it didn't have the the sound of the of what's going on now it's not people getting drunk or people getting high or people having sex with this random female or your best friend's girlfriend or you know it i don't know today the landscape of today's uh, uh, rap where a lot of the younger guys, what they're actually talking about, everyone seems like they have the same message. So just to hear something that is not was considered the norm is probably why we like it more. Definitely. I'm with you on that. So let's finish this one off with two little things here and uh, we'll, we'll finish this segment off. Let's go with the bonus track with T-Pain, your thoughts on it. We already know Reaper is not going to stream this one. But for Kevin, I will do our stream and I'm going to jump in first and just say I'm not a huge fan of T-Pain, but I thought what he offered Jay-Z on that bonus track was well worth uh, uh, it being a bonus track. And for me as an old head and in this day and time, I would say stream this after you listen to Playboy Cardi, after you listen to uh, uh, NBA Young Boy, after you listen to Tootsie, after you listen to TJ. Play a little AZ. It'll make you feel better. Kev, your thoughts? The, uh, the T-Pain song, I think it fit in. It's, it, it's you know, I've been, like, since this, you know, since the album came out, I've been playing it, like, every day since then. So, and I and I don't skip anything on this album. I listen to it front to back. The AZ song wasn't bad. I mean, uh, the T-Pain song wasn't bad. I mean, but it, it just fits into the album. And it's for me, it's a definite stream. Like you know, like we just said, it's 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 something different from the norm of what's going on now, and it has and it does have a somewhat of a '90s feel to it. Maybe we're just nostalgic for something different. So that's I think that's why we, uh, you know, we we like it so much. Yeah, no doubt, Kev. I'm telling you, I appreciate you on that one again. And that's why we do this show, because I want to hear what Reaper has to say. He's in a he's you're in a your your ears are fresher than ours. And you've had an opportunity to hear things currently at with a better ear than we have. 
time. You know, I, my ear is still da ha da ha. For me to bring my ears up to what's being played now is tough and it's hard. That's why I thought that this platform would be strong because it we need more people in my age range, 50 and above, to to listen to young people and let them tell you why they enjoy what's going on out there right now. So that that is my thing. So uh Reba, let, let, let's let you finish it off uh with your impressions on the T Pain uh, bonus track. Like I said before, I think all of the features on the record are out of place. The I mean, when when you think AZ ninety five or even AZ, you know, two thousand two, like that Asiatic sort of nine lives, that era of stuff, T Pain would be the last person I would ever think AZ would even want to collaborate with, you know. That being said, the T Pain feature, it was okay. I kind of feel like T Pain outshined him on the record. Like if AZ was taken off the record. I feel like that could have just been a T-Pain record and it would have had a whole different vibe. The same thing with the Rick Ross record too. I think it was more of a Rick Ross featuring AZ rather than AZ featuring Rick Ross. So overall thoughts on it though, I, I think it was okay, but uh, I think it was out of place for AZ or AZ do or die. I got you on that one. All right. Well, very enjoyable conversation, gentlemen. And that was our review of AZ's new project, Do or Die. All right. And now we're moving on to our next segment, which is Talking Hip Hop. We're going to start off the Talking Hip Hop segment with versus Ja Rule versus Fat Joe. This I'm, I'm trying to pull a topic that is not controversial from the beginning. So let's start with this. Was it in, was it was it an enjoyable versus? Let's start with that. Aren't, aren't isn't the versus situation kind of being is very watered down or uh, just seem like they're picking names at random. So uh, so let's see if I can. Swiss and 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 Timberland, they're out here trying to make what everybody wants. Everybody's not going to do that. 50 is not going to come on and, and do Jay-Z. I mean, do uh, and versus Ja Rule. It's not going to happen. I mean, but but it's not. It's, but he's another level than then he's he he wouldn't give him the credit. The, the, you know, if they did the Jay, if they did the 50 cent Ja Rule uh, versus how big that would be. There's no. But I'm not I'm not trying to knock Fat Joe or or Ja Rule, but I'm just saying like, it just seemed like those were just two random names that they pulled out of a hat just to put something together. Fat Joe was the only person they could get <laughs> to versus Ja. Ja is like blackballed from hip hop. You guys know that. He's been hip- what? But why them two? Who else? No one else would do it. Don't do it. Swiss Don't do it. wanted to give him, throw him a bone and they did. And Don't do it. You don't have to do it. Yo. <laughs> you don't have to do these verses. I'm telling you, the in, in the beginning it was cool. You know, when it was it was Swiss and Timberland and I mean even at the beginning, it was just kind of like, oh, why those two? For them to turn this into like a franchise, I think it was amazing. I think that, you know, how they how they were able to just to transcend and everything, get all this attention. I mean, even to get like Earth, Wind, and Fire, the Ozzy Brothers, which is real cool. But, you know, 
I still think a lot of these other battles are unnecessary, like Ashanti and um, um, Keisha Cole. That was unnecessary. Even Fab and Jadakiss, that was unnecessary. Yes, you're right on all of those, but you know. I mean, the dip set in the locks, which I thought should have been more exciting. That was like an epic fail. Well, that was on dip set. That, that's no fault of versus. That's on dip set. But I do want to throw. I think it is. I think it, I think I think the versus people have a responsibility to get groups that are uh, get a group of people who are going to be enthusiastic and want to do it because it was clear that um, that ca- it, it was just clear. Cameron didn't want to be there, and for whatever reason, and then you know. Even whatever they whatever they planned to do beforehand, it was like Jim Jones was kind of running the show. Nobody want to hear Jim. I mean, nothing against Jim Jones, but when Cameron's on the stage, you want Cameron to be front center, just like everybody wanted Jada Kiss to be front center. Yes, but if you are Timberland and Swiss, right, and you call these cats up, and the first person who picks up is Jim. And Jim is excited. He's like, yeah, man, we in, we getting it. We're going to do this. You already know Jada and, 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 uh, Sheik Loke and, uh, Styles P then already said they are in. So the first person calls you back from the dip set is, is, is Jim. You're like, okay, so this is going to be something. So I'm not going to put this on versus because, oh, and, and also this, this is the, the information I wanted to give you guys. So after the locks, um, Actually, I think it was. I think that was the first one. Triller bought out uh, Swiss Beats and Timberland, so this is no longer their thing. They're still running it, but they're being paid as uh, uh, producers than ownership. Triller bought this out. Yeah, and the artists get some something on the back end too. Yeah, they get money on the back end. So again, that, so this is a franchise now. No, and, and Triller try to make as much money as they can out of it. And, and and I appreciate that artists are be able to get paid, and I and I'm happy to see these artists get paid. But it's just it's just matchups that don't seem necessary, or and it, it even the whole setup just seemed unorganized. Yes, but it's gonna get worse. They need a host like the Earth Wind and Fire and uh, Ozzy Brothers. One, a lot of people had complaints about Steve Harvey, but Steve Harvey he he was he kept it a he kept the show going. And I didn't get bored. I didn't feel like it was a, I mean, some, some of his conversations felt unnecessary, but at the same time, they need a host. They need a host to keep the thing going because it was, it was moments that it was getting cringy for Fat Joe, man. It was like very cringeworthy. And then it was like Fat Joe and Ja Rule. Fat Joe is not beating Ja Rule. He's not beating Ja Rule. You knew that beforehand. <laughs> so now we can really start getting to the conversation because a lot of people, anybody in the mid-Atlantic to East Coast area that I've been talking to in this last week, and I've talked to at least 20 people, they thought Fat Joe won. Ja Rule got too many hits. Did you not, did you not listen to on YouTube? You got to listen to on YouTube. Uh, Ebro in the morning, they uh, they they said that uh, Fat won. Uh, um, it was several. Joe Buttons said that Fat Joe won. It was crazy what people were saying, you know, because people aren't people. Uh, people are very old heads are very or mid 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 your generation. The golden age people are more upset that Ja Rule is actually the precursor to singing rap. 
he is the there would be no there would be none of this stuff we're listening to now if it wasn't for Ja Rule. He was the first rapper to really be successful with singing rapping. And then 50 came behind him. I mean, old heads, old heads feel like it took something away from rap. Not realizing that, you know, that's the old heads. Nobody else. Curtis Blow has a catalog of radio records. LL Cool J has a catalog of radio records. It's yes, but none of those records led to current rap, and that's what. Well, LL Cool J had a lot of uh, uh, R and B. He rapped over a lot of R and B beats, but that but that led to what New Jack Swing ended up becoming, and how Teddy Riley took a sound that just wasn't for R and B or soul. He he had a sound that was R and B and rap. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, my question is, why are people still upset by that? I mean, 50. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll say this on record, man. 50 thrash Ja Rule. He did. However, that Rule 336 album was a banger. And yes, but those things led to rap becoming more popular. But still, there was enough diversity that you still had KRS putting out music. You still had uh, Kooji Rap still putting out music. You still had 8-Ball MJG putting out music that wasn't like... You still had Ghetto Boys still putting out hard music. So you see what I'm saying? There was enough diversity going on, and you needed the New Jack Swing to take it to the mainstream. I've heard Willie D and Scarface talk about this on their podcast, and they're right. You needed that new Jack swing. But what we didn't need is for Ja to be as crazy successful as he was for six years in a row without without much uh, competition at the time. Because nobody didn't want to do it. Or nobody didn't know how to do it. If DMX would have came out a little earlier, no, it may have evened the field a little better. If Biggie wasn't dead, if Tupac wasn't dead, it would have evened the field. Yes, it would have. No. He was literally, Ja Rule was literally by himself for a minute until 50 came out. He was able to really just take over the airways. There were songs that he had that were played more on uh, white radio top 40 stations than they were on R&B hip-hop stations. Ja Rule easily had like three or four songs charting in the top 10. And it was stuff that was his and stuff that he wrote for other people. So Yes, and that's what I'm saying, but it was still all singing rap, which led to where we are today. I mean, did, did it help Drake? It helped Drake more than anybody else. That's what, that's all, all I'm talking about is what, what, what your generation and my generation are talking about as far as hip hop is concerned. Again, but I don't, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to. Yes. I don't want anybody to think I'm discrediting Ja Rule's yes. contribution to rap music. I think it's incredible what he has done. I think he is an underrated artist. I mean, just from songs he did for himself and stuff he wrote from other people, or even the fact, you know, even if we would have got that dream super group with uh, Ja Rule, DMX, and Jay-Z, I think that would have been, that might have been one of, that would have been a top five group all time. No doubt. And on 50. Huh? I said no doubt, but blame that on fifty. No, uh, uh, that 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 group. No, that was Def Jam. I understand, but once fifty crushed Ja, there was no possibility Jay Z was going to touch Ja in that in that way. They were not going to be in the group after that. Right, but I mean, Jay had too much to lose. 
There's no way he could throw him a bone and let him in the group with him and DMX. Hell, he didn't let him and DMX do anything because DMX was not the, the person he needed him to be. He needed he needed Nas, and that's what we got. Right, right. I don't know, man. I, I just I don't know. Sometimes with the verses, I'm kind of I'm kind of bored with them. But that, but and then this was one I just I didn't feel like Fat Joe had a chance going in, and not not to take away, not to say Fat Joe don't have no good songs. He don't have no radio hits. He don't have the radio hits Ja Rule has. Yes. And then that, and he don't have the stage presence Ja Rule has. No doubt. You're totally correct on all of this. But that was the debate over the week was if you were a underground hip hop head, Joe, Joe won hands down. If you are a top 40, you turn on the radio and that's how you get your hip hop. Ja Rule won all day. That's all I'm saying. No. Yes, that's how it. John Rule would have brought out anybody from <laughs> DITC. He'd have won hands down. He'd have shut it down. You, you mean Fat Joe? I mean Fat Joe. Yeah. Yeah. He'd have shut it down. Yeah, but the people that he needed to bring out were are gone. You know who? Big L and and Big Pun. He didn't need Big L and Big Pun. Oh yes, he did. <laughs> OC's word life? Eh. Oh, come on. Yeah. Eh. That then that's a, no, you want to talk about underground hip hop albums? Yeah. He didn't need any more underground. <laughs> he needed more. OC's word. If OC or Diamond D would have hit that stage, I'm telling you, it would have made it would have set it off. It would have set it off. But that's a nice segment to go into our thoughts on the features. Uh, for me, I know that that Nelly feature was garbage. I didn't get it. I didn't understand. I got the song that he did with him, but then letting him go into one of his songs, that didn't match up to me. So anybody else got thoughts on the features? I thought Vita was strong. She needed that bone thrown to her. <laughs> Uh, uh, Little Mo is amazing. Always has been. Always will be. She is my Patty Labelle of the new era. I just love. I love Little Mo. Uh, Ashante. She's she is what she is. She, she she's something nice to look at. And people enjoy seeing her on stage. But outside of that, she's no Little Mo. Little Mo's voice is still just absolutely amazing. She's just she's she's strong. So any other any anybody else's thoughts on the features? Ja Rule had the best features, just like everything else. Like, everything he did was just better. Any thoughts, Reaper? What about, oh, I'm sorry, Remy Ma. Let me not leave Remy Ma out. Remy Ma killed the stage. And when she did, uh, when she did Big Pun's part, that was, that was epic. That was epic. That was worth watching the whole thing to see a female do Big Pun's part. How about, what are, you, what are your thoughts, Reaper? Um, well, yeah, y- y'all notice I've been a little bit quiet. I-, I didn't actually watch the verses because I I don't really care. <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, I watched <laughs> See? <laughs> the locks and dipset one. And like y'all said, it was just such a cluster, man. And I was just like, man, why am I watching this? And I think I watched, there was another one that I watched, one of the older ones. But yeah, all of that. Uh, and they're just too long. Again, maybe, you know, if you're there, concert kind of thing, you don't want it to be short because you might have had to pay to get in and stuff. But that dip set and locks one was like four hours, man. And I can just be doing so many other things in that amount of time. So, yeah, 
You're right. That's, it needs a host. Yeah, it definitely does need a host. And even that one had um Michael Buffer, and he he looked out of place. And uh, but yeah, somebody like I said, like Ebro or Charlemagne or uh, no. Needs to be a radio person. That actually, I, I think it needs to be a comedian. I, I wouldn't mind seeing T.K. Kirkland do it. Yeah, well, maybe eh. he's got a rapport with rappers. I think he would be, he would be, and he's funny. I think he would be a nice. He keep it moving. He's used to doing that. Him or either Perry, Perry. But I think somebody that's too funny might try to make jokes out of stuff and take over the segment. You know what I mean? Somebody that does radio, right, is gonna move it along. Maybe even get uh maybe even get uh yeah what's his name uh Terrence from uh one oh six and park. Yes, that would work. Terrence free, any of the one oh six and park people would work. Yeah. Or or the MTV people would work, but not the radio guys. They're too they're just too too when you talking about uh, uh Funk Flex, Ebro, Charlemagne, uh DJ Envy, they're just too biased. They have their people that they like. Right. And it wouldn't go well. You you would definitely need a Terrence J. Terrence J is not he's he's been biased over the years, but not crazy, crazy biased like everybody else. Cause like uh when Ebro did his review of this uh of, of this um particular uh verses, he he said that uh Jay um the Ja only he came up at the end to tie it. And I was like, huh? He came up at the I, but that's Ebro. Ebro always does that, though. That's what I'm saying. That you can't. Use, they're, they're way too biased. Just way too biased. Ebro always does. That. He was trolling. No, he's not biased. He loves to say stupid stuff just to get a reaction from people. Okay, all right. Then I'll take it for that. He's trolling. He always trolling. All right, all right. He's always trolling. Ebro. Ebro is a West Coast guy that a lot of people think is from the East Coast. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. Now, I'm telling you, if if it would have been like Ja Rule versus a, a West Coast artist, he wouldn't have had no love for Ja Rule. None. All right. I feel you on that one. I feel you. Well, let's segment this out and just say that, uh, you know, versus is is becoming tiring, but uh, it has an opportunity to be better if Triller is willing to put the work in. Let's just say that. All right. So let's move on to our second topic on our uh, talking hip hop segment. And that is our double rap albums trash. (laughs) So I'm going to jump in and say that I did a little research over the week. And I think that the all powerful Reaper might have something. All right. He might have something. We're going to let my anchor band Kev. But I think he might have. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Repeat your statement from last week for clarity. I'd have to listen to the playback. I don't think I said all double albums are trash. I don't think I said the word trash specifically. But I do believe I said none of them are worth listening to front to back. There's a lot of filler. Uh, none of them are classics. Uh, I'll stand behind those words. Okay. So I think for me, I, I kind of. It it, it 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 bothered me, and I'm and I ain't gonna lie, it bothered me because you did mention all eyes on me and life after death. Yep. And so I took up the challenge. So this week I I went back, I listened to all eyes on me front to back and life after death from front to back. So here is what here's what I'm gonna do. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Tupac first. You have a stronger case with that statement for all eyes on me. 
And the only reason I could I could say that is those last three four songs was it, it was it's just very unnecessary. I I don't know they felt out of place. But like disc one, it was just this one just it was just just good. It was, it was like half street stuff, the other half the conscious stuff, and then you kind of like this two start off with the George Clinton. You can't see me with that sample and that West Coast funk. It all the way up into them last three songs. I was like, oh, I hate to, I hate to almost give him credit for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate it. I hate it. I mean, but I mean, like it opened strong. Like the first six songs was just like it was just I was just rocking. Like I was just in the zone. Um, I forgot Red and Meth was on All Eyes on Me. Yeah, for real, for real. He had the bone feet. He had the feature with Bone Thugs and Harmony, which at the time was. It was so many. It was shocking to a lot of people because so many rappers at that time were scared to rap with Bone Thugs and Harmony. And Bone Thugs was like the in the middle nineties. They was the best group out there. Like it wasn't nobody solo or group really wanting to touch them outside of like Wu Tang, and that was it. But they but they was beating Wu Tang in like so many different parts of the world. It you know. So outside of those last three, that's the only way I could I can say, eh, maybe. Up until those last three, if you took those last three off, it it would have been a four and a half mic album. With those last three, I would say it's a four mic album. Because I think everything else held could like hold up on its own for the most part. But uh now Life After Death, different story. Life after death, it it. I'm going to call it a perfect album. And I'm going to tell you why I call it a perfect album. Woo! He said a perfect album. Yes. All right. Front to back, no skips, no filler. Okay? Two words. Player hater. Yes! 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 Come on, man. Player hater is not filler. Player hater is not. It, Get that song is. Huh? That song is too rash. No. Come on, man. No. The only song, only songs I will give you, are, um, the one with Little Kim, another, and um, what's the other one? It's two songs. Um, oh, uh, uh, damn, what is it? It's a, it's, 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 it's another, and a song that plays right before. If you want to say those two are filler, you don't, you didn't listen, you didn't really listen to the album because the intro, you had, the, you got the intro to set up, to set up the story he's going to tell you. And then the first song, track two, plays off the intro to continue that story. And then with track four hit, kicking the door. That's it. That's it. The rest of disc one, all the way into disc two, was just take you on that roller coaster up. Now, when you get to those, that another and that other song, it kind of come down a little bit because you know the album's about to finish strong. And then right after that, Biggie just took it home and it was just perfect. Perfect. The album was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna uh and again I'm trying I'm trying not to let uh recent events influence me, but you can have that R. Kelly track for real, for real. Ah I, I can give you that. I, I mean yeah, I mean ah You know what I mean? No, well, 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 okay. So no 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 the R. Kelly track is not filler, it's the it's the based off of R. Kelly, what he did, what he's going through now in the court system, it's kind of like... I mean, but not if, I just... Even back in the day, like, even, you know, 
when R. Kelly was still doing his thing, you know, Chocolate Factory days, you know, like early 2000s. Like, I I just... You know, it makes you rethink a lot of his songs. Right. I never really liked that R. Kelly song. I mean, I understand it. It's smooth. It's not just all the gangster stuff straight through throughout two hours. And, you know, it was a single-ish or whatever. I mean, I get it, but I'm cool on the R. Kelly track. Right. I'm also cool on... And 12 playing all that, yeah. Uh, this is a hot take. I, I maybe I'm cool on "Sky's the Limit." I don't like it. I don't like it. If you're giving him that, you're starting. I don't like it. You're starting to add up filler. If you give, I'm cool, man. You don't like positive big? I'm cool, man. Like, and and again, you know what? I think this is another conversation for another day. But have y'all heard that Biggie's third album, "Born Again," was supposed to be a three disc? Have y'all heard that story? No. Okay, so I mean, I don't believe it. I mean, maybe, maybe not, but I think it would have been interesting to see how much, you know, filler and stuff, how many bangers and stuff. But if you look at the latter st- or the beginning stuff, even how Biggie was dressing with headbands, army fatigue, Timberlands. And then by the time he got to like hypnotize with like the Versace shades and like the silk shirts and stuff. And by the time he had skies the limit and stuff, I don't know if I would have been as interested in where Biggie was going moving forward. Because it seemed like it was going further and further away from Ready to Die, like that that rough and, and rugged, raw stuff. You know what I mean? Like even Juicy is like the, the single, but it's really just a breakbeat and him just rapping, telling a story. Like Sky's the Limit is like, who who's on the track? It's 112 is on the track, right? Yes. Uh, it's like, 112 is like, and again, 112 was bad boy. You know, I get it, but it was, I don't like the, the, the pairing, the, the, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool on the song. You don't like he a positive song in me? here. I mean, I mean, do I want all the rappers and stuff to just live in the gutter forever? No, but I'm cool on it, man. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't want to just keep finding new reasons to justify it. Man. I'm cool on it, man. I'm cool. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> It, for for me, it was a perfect album. It was a perfect album. Even like I said, those two songs you could call filler, whatever. I think they they were perfect placement because it helped the album finish so strongly. I'm looking at I'm looking at an app, so it doesn't tell me the first song of this two. Is the first song of this two Notorious Thugs? Uh, it might be. Okay, so it might be because yeah, because Notorious Thugs is thirteen. Um. Uh... So, yeah, we, if you cut it in half, then Notorious Thugs would be the first song. Notorious Thugs, Cali, Crack Commandments, and You're Nobody. You can have all of the rest of those songs, though. What? <laughs> yeah, man, you can. But that, And that's the thing that's about double-disc albums, man. The first, if we look at disc one, with yeah, the exception well. of the R. Kelly track, depending on how you feel, you could play the first disc front to back. But, and again, there's some variants in there, you know, Hypnotize is the single, Somebody's Got to Die is a little dark, What's Beef is a little dark, I Love the Dough is, you know, upbeat, a little more positive, you know what I mean? But Are you crazy? Oh, come on! Yeah, you can have, honestly, man. Notorious Thugs, 10 Cracker Madness, <laughs> going back to Cali. This is a hot take, too. Honestly, you can have the whole second disc if you want to keep it funky. You can have the whole second disc. <laughs> the two short feature? You didn't like the two short feature? I mean, I mean, <clears throat> look, look, look. 
I mean, I said there's some tight songs on this too, for real. But just for the sake of this argument, if you take away the second disc, if the second disc was never made, he. But, but let me finish. Let me finish. Listen, listen. For the sake of the argument, if the second disc was never made, if if it got lost somewhere, he only put out the first disc. It's classic. It's. I, I think I'm in agreement on that one. No, man. You didn't think of you didn't know this album. You sat there and talked about ARs and executives and all that. This song was I don't know who executive produced or AR this album, but they put every song in the right place and everything was right with this album. I listened to this album three times in one day, front to back, three times in a row. Couldn't find nothing wrong with it. I didn't listen to it three times. I listened to it once this past week. And again, you know, I'm not trying to shit on you, okay, but there was some filler. There was. <laughs> man, I'm, I'm telling you, because so, y'all wasn't in the right place. So is, I'm telling you, soon as kicking the door starts, that's it. That is, that's, that album goes to another level, man. It just goes, it just, that was it was like boom. I was just like, I forgot this song was like this. I was, I don't know. I don't know. And I mean, and I mean, I mean the the, the thing about this and just every other double disc album because you know there's only been a handful of double disc hip hop records. We can go through that in a second. But every rapper that's put out a double disc album has a single disc album that's better or that at least one single disc album that's considered a classic, you know, Nas, Jay-Z, Big Pac, whatever, whatever, whatever. And Life After Death, listening to it, it just makes me want to listen to Ready to Die, honestly. What? Are you crazy? Nope. Blueprint 2 was unnecessary. And I like Jay-Z. Man, it was really unnecessary, man. The whole... Yeah, I can feel you on that one. I, I want to throw in one. Uh, Blueprint 2. That one. I, I, no, I thought that had less filler than uh, uh, Ready, uh, Life or Death. I thought it did. I did. That's me. I'm just telling you me. It, you Wait, 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 wait. You said Blueprint. You said Life After Death had more filler than Blueprint 2? I liked it. I'm sorry. I like that one. Man, that's 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 worse than what he just said. That un- most double albums are unnecessary. <laughs> you did dug a deeper hole. I said, like, yeah, life after death had more filler to me. Just, just to me, and each person's their own. I thought Jay Z had less filler for me. Again, well, if you think that's bad, I'm gonna tell you my favorite double album is Speaker Box. Doesn't count. The Love Below doesn't count. That's my doesn't count. It doesn't count. Yeah, he's right. It's a double album. It came in two CDs. I bought it. Yeah, it w- but it was two different artists that just released an album together. It doesn't count. It was a group who put out a double album project. It doesn't matter. It's a group. It was a hip-hop group that put out a double album. One sang and one rapped. Yeah. <laughs> he sang. He sang. It was two solo albums. It was a hip hop group who put out two solo albums. And caught 
right and called it an outcast record yeah it's even even in the title it's called speaker box slash the love below it's it's two different records doesn't count doesn't count slash yes uh, uh, y'all throwing mud in the game now no nah, man it doesn't count I, I like that i like that project a lot all right all right what, 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 what about gosh oh what is wrong with you two? Oh, ever what is your thoughts on wu-tang forever so yeah when we were talking about this before if there was going to be one that I would maybe give you, it would probably, like if I had to pick one of the double disc records to listen to front to back, it would probably be Wu-Tang Forever or uh, or Life After Death. Okay. Because, I mean, and again, don't get me wrong, there's some filler on Wu-Tang Forever, but at least there's so many dudes in the group, and then like Capadonna started messing with them too. So it's like 10 dudes that's like, you know, it, it's more of like a posse mixtape than it is like just Biggie rapping on every song for 25 songs or Nas rapping on every song for 25 songs. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. I'm with you on that one. And, and speaking of our man Nas, his double album was straight filler. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, man. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. That was, a, that was a miss. So you all were like, he's got, he went hard on Illmatic. This was a miss me. You can miss me with disciples. Yes, you can miss me. Wait! I'll, don't do it. Yeah. I took her. I took, when that first came out, man. I played that on the road trip. I didn't skip a song, man. And uh, what about? Uh, I know uh, in, in, in uh, diplomatic immunity. What about that one? I'm I'm not feeling that. What are you crazy? Diplomatic immunity. You like diplomatic immunity? You saying that's a front to back? I mean, I'm not saying front to back. Diplomatic immunity is. It doesn't have filler. I'm not gonna say it doesn't have filler, but diplomatic immunity got some got some hits on there. It got enough hits where I can listen to it. It'll make me want to listen and pull it out and listen to it. Oh, dude, you you you're you you have uh, you 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 definitely are the man then because I'm telling you that was not the move. Yeah, man. You know what, Kev? I will I will since you're saying listening to it. I haven't listened to Streets of Cyber in a long time. If you're saying listen to it, I'll listen to it again. But no, I can remember when it came out and me being excited for a double disc record and uh, just being really disappointed. So they had a double album. Mm, I don't know. Again, it, it's just it's because they're too long, man. It's just too long. And I never paid attention to it until Reaper brought it up. I was like, you know what? I, I don't know. I, I When he brought it up, I was like, I don't know. I've listened to a lot of double albums. I don't know. Matter of fact, I'm going to throw some real shit in the game. Ray uh, Ray Schmurder, I like their double album better than a lot of these albums we're talking about. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's some... Yep. I didn't like the triple album. That was garbage. But the the double album, it wasn't bad. I mean, but... I mean, but again, when's the last time you listened to Diplomatic Immunity? Like, I listened to it probably three weeks ago it's it's cool and it brings you back to that era maybe it's rose colored glasses because you remember when they first hit the scene as a crew and you was like yo this is crazy i'm glad to have so many songs but if you're rating it as far as like classic or every song no a lot of them songs are unnecessary man Mm -hmm. come on the interludes 
Do you know the 90s hip hop was in a, it? Oh my goodness. That was 90s hip hop right there. The interludes were funny. Nah, Scorpion's not there. No, you don't. You said take him out. The mad rapper? Yeah. The mad rapper and pain in the ass. If they was on your album, you probably was going to have a good album because those two didn't put their names on nothing that was terrible. Yeah, they did a triple album. God, the <laughs> yeah, the, the triple album, the triple album was a lot, man. Wow, it was a lot. <laughs> I, man, I'm telling you, go listen to the Mad Rappers album. The Mad Rappers album wasn't bad. I don't know. I just think you got to go back and listen to them, Kev, because I, again, I gave at least five double albums a chance this week, and I, I got through them quick because I did a bunch. Of- I gotta listen to Chang Forever. I listened to Wu Tang Forever's too long. It's it's nice, but it's too I long. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if you want it feels long. Wu Tang Forever feels so long. So what you're saying, you're gonna die on the hill of life or death. That's what you're gonna die on. Life after death? Yes. I will say this. I'm not gonna say double albums are unnecessary. I don't know if a lot of double albums were well thought out. Like I, I like I even though you know all eyes on me is by many people considered a classic. Um, it was you know Tupac has so much going on in his personal life, and I think that's what elevates all eyes on me. Like if if you take away him getting out of jail, him signing death row, him hooking up with Dr. Dre, you know him putting the outlaws really putting them on. It's a different tone to the album. So he kind of incorporated his personal life, which he was supposed to do, and made this album so personal. And you can hear, you can hear the anger. You can hear him talking about his life on a lot of these songs and and problems he had with people. So it's 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 something different when it and when you're not just writing a song, but you're writing your life. It's, it's, it has a different tone to it. So, but with Life After Death, it told, it, for me, it told a, it told this story. It, it took up, it picked right up from Ready to Die. I think the, the end of Ready to Die was Life After Death. And it kind of continued that story of what, you know, some of what Biggie was talking about, even like, you know, the part, like the, um, the song where he, uh, uh, where everybody thinks he really robbed a New York Knicks player. I mean, it's just like, you know, you don't even know. Like, it's it's people right now, they still talk about, did Biggie really rob this guy? <laughs> like, we don't know, but it's he made it sound so good that you want to believe he did it. And, and, and man, I, I don't know, man. It, it was I, I enjoyed the whole story. I, li- I, I don't even listen to albums like that. Like, I give it one listen, then I might play it the next day or another or two days after. Like, I played this thing the whole day. And and I was like, I, I, I just didn't see it. I just didn't see it. Yeah, man, I just, I mean, you know, we're sort of beating a dead horse. Oh, and to add on to your blueprint uh, double disc uh, argument, even Jay-Z doesn't agree with that because uh, he put out the Blueprint 2.1. Y'all hip to that record? So it's basically just the best songs from both. And 
if he would have put that out from the jump, he's like, oh, this is this a good album, you know? But even he was just like, yeah, I was just kind of making records or, or whatever. And let's not talk about Scorpion and uh, or, be, or, or Beat the Dead Horse of uh, the, the two records from last week. But no, man, the whole bottom line, too, is, man, it's just a lot of the times or even even to go back to life after death if you gave us the first disc and the bangers from the second disc and cut out the interludes you know you got a solid 15 songs or so classic no oh, i i really uh feel you on that man i mean that's what's up as far as i get your opinions and i'd love to hear the uh listeners chime in on this one and you're welcome to uh, email us at underagroovenetwork at gmail.com or check us out on social media with uh, Instagram, which is Mix Air Rap Pod, or Twitter, which is Mix Air Rap on that. And we'll let Reaper throw out his um, social media shout out. Yeah, man, you can find me on all platforms at the313kid, T-H-E 313-K-I-D. Twitter, Instagram, uh, Mixcloud, if you're into DJ mixes. All right. Really appreciate that, fellas, man. This was a very, very spirited conversation. And I look forward to trying to talk Reaper into doing this one more time with us because I've been doing it. These, 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 this is what we need. And if no one's telling you, someone should. This is the type of conversation that needs to be had on hip hop so that you get everyone's point of view. And I respect Kev at a high level, his knowledge of underground hip hop, his knowledge of all overall hip hop is at such a high level. Uh, I feel I feel blessed to have conversations with them all and I, with, with, with both of them. And I think that I thought at one point my knowledge was pretty strong, you know, but being around them, I'm learning a lot. And I appreciate both of them and I appreciate the fans as well. And just want to say we out of here. Peace.